Welcome back to the Hot Mess to Awesomeness podcast, a show all about inspiring smart, busy women to put their happiness at the top of their to-do list. Join your host and life coach, Dion Thompson, as she chats with amazing women who have figured out how to make their happiness a priority, and more importantly, what it's really like to go from hot mess to awesomeness. And now, on with the show. everyone to the hot mess to awesomeness podcast i am your host and life coach dion thompson and okay again i know i say this every time that dance party was amazing i needed it so badly um so we are recording this i don't even know what day it is it doesn't matter the point is i've had a crappy week <laughs> and um we were talking before we went online about awareness and using um, sort of that your tools and 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 shifting your energy and all that awesome stuff and you know what does it fucking dancing dancing yeah. does it dancing is so so valuable and um, I I always get really excited by my guests song choices and I've said this before I'll say it again it's because it's like a little insight into your soul I don't know if you know that um, and so when you uh, when I, I'm talking to like the audience and to you at the same time, but Michelle, when you and I met sort of digitally, I had this, like, I was just enamored and, and really in awe of the work that you do um, because I'm really interested in embodiment work. I'm interested in that connection of body, mind, and soul. And I know that through all of the modalities that you work with, that's a really big part. Um, so I found it fascinating, fascinating that <laughs> all three of your songs have the word feel in them, uh, in the title. And I was like, huh, so it's going to be a feeler conversation. I'm very excited about that. And I mean, I kind of already knew we were going to go there, but <sighs> very exciting. So, good. so, so good. Um, and, and just to top it off that you picked a little, uh, a little MJ for the end. And there's just not enough of that in my dancing life. Um, so if, if you are listening and you're thinking about being a guest on this podcast, just know if you bring Michael Jackson to the table, I'm going to be really excited. Um, so it's like you. what song to choose so many great songs right, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we had introduced uh, my girls we we play a lot of music around here and we introduced them to like smooth uh, smooth criminal and they were like what is he doing how awesome. is he dancing like that i'm like <laughs> you don't even know <laughs> i know right it's just he's this old, whole other entity of a person you know when he he's bigger than life or he was bigger than life right right so big yeah so Michelle, thank you for being with me today. And um, I'm really looking forward to uh, talking about your journey and um, and exploring a more in depth this connection between body and mind and spirit and, and how um, you have sort of wielded that knowledge and, and, and that sense of knowing to make decisions moving forward. And, and you and I have had... Um, the, I've had the privilege of chatting with you before and, and I'm just so grateful that you're here. So thank you. Thanks for having thank me. So it's really great to be here. I feel very fortunate. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'd like to share that it is my absolute pleasure. I would like to share a little bit about um, your background because it's, uh, I mean, every guest has a unique background. Um, 
but there's some pieces in here that I don't often see um, with many of my guests. So Michelle teaches a variety of activities, including martial arts, self-defense, uh, Pilates, Tai Chi, and yoga, and earning the title of sensei, which is the Japanese term for a teaching professional. And thank you for clarifying that. Um, and her fourth degree black belt, Michelle brings discipline and focus to her classes, which having taken your classes, I can say um, was, was felt even through the screen. Uh, as a skilled martial artist for more than 25 years, Michelle's knowledge, uh, Michelle's knowledge in strong roots in Eastern philosophy, which provides her clients with a solid foundation of movement that connects mind, body, and spirit. Which, and as I had mentioned, is, is very apparent for those of us on the other side who, who get to, um, to know you and, and to learn more about what you do. So thank you, Michelle, for bringing um, your wisdom and your hot mess to awesomeness journey to the podcast today. <laughs> well, again, thank you for having me. It's a, such a pleasure. I've been listening to your podcast to, um, you know, be a part of your tribe of great women that you routinely uh, invite us to get to know. And, and I love it. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. So Michelle, I know that, you know, there's a lot of hot mess going on in the world. And, you know, that, that being said, I'm really interested in, in talking a little bit more about, um, you know, you, you've gone through some transitions recently, but I know that part of the, that, was, it started much earlier than that. Mm -hmm. And so walk us through what transpired for you that um, created this huge shift. And I, and it, you know, I recognize that it was geographical as well as, as internal. So let us, let us in on that snippet of your story. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I have a martial arts school for about 25 years with my, um, my then husband. Um, and in 2015, late 2015, early 2016, uh, we decided to separate. And one of the most important things that we talked about, um, it was an amicable, amicable split, was keeping our, our school going strongly. And it became the most important thing to me at that time because our children uh, were teenagers and we wanted to create you know, that sense of uh, safety, as you mentioned, um, because martial arts, I think, can be some scary for some people. They think of it as, you know, oh, it's fighting and, you know, all that. But really, it is a, a safe place for kids to come, for adults, for people to come and learn and grow as individuals and create that necessarily necessary commitment to themselves as they uh, embark on a self-journey. And so that became really important to us to, although our relationship uh, was no longer going to be romantic. We weren't going to be partners, husband and wife. We were still partners in our business. And, you know, like in any relationship, as you're growing, you're changing and sometimes you grow together and sometimes you grow apart. And uh, I decided um, in 2018 that it was time for me to leave that Mississauga sort of metropolitan area, the great, the GTA and move north. My, I felt I was called to move north and I had met someone and we had a fantastic relationship and we decided to uh, buy a house together in Barrie. Um, and it, it was a great transition, but that meant commuting back and forth every week, every week. And so I was feeling torn. And 
part of my dream in moving to Barry was to create my own community here, a space where I could teach from home, um, teach in my little loft studio that I have. And I was very passionate about the Pilates that I was teaching and working with children and women in particular. Um, so the pull was, was going on for about a year and a half and then COVID hit. And um, I had ironically spoken to a spiritual healer um, just before all of this was going on, I would say the fall before COVID. And uh, she said something interesting to me. She said that she saw a big change coming and it was gonna happen a lot sooner than I thought. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. And I just kind of put it on the back burner. And then when COVID hit, it gave us the opportunity to look at the business that we had and ask ourselves, are we in a position in our lives to, to make the kind of commitment we need to make for the, do, for the dojo, we call it a dojo, means school, martial arts school to grow and prosper. And I'm, am I willing to give that much of myself over to the business? Because as you know, running a business is, is challenging, let alone going you know, you know, an hour every day away from your, your home to do that. And it just, the answer was no. And I felt like I was letting a lot of people down in asserting my own power. And, uh, and I felt that, you know, it was a really emotional time. It was probably even more emotional for me than it was uh, going through my separation and divorce. Because maybe the impact that it had was, you know, with more people. And so that transition for me became about, okay, you can't think about what other people need. You need to think about you in this particular moment and what, what you need to do for you. And I started to realize that I had always been putting everyone else ahead of my, my own needs. Okay, what do you need? What do you need? You got that, you got that. Okay, now it's time for me, as many women do. Um, and so, so then, you know, the COVID was a blessing for me in disguise, although at first it was very challenging because I was grieving the loss of, you know, something we had built up for many years. Um, but sometimes letting go of that is freeing. And, and I was eventually able to come to terms with it and feel a freedom from not having that sort of looming over my head all the time. And then I developed um, this, a lovely community of women that I, I work with. I'm still teaching martial arts online. Um, I'm still offering courses. And so I, I still have that connection to my roots, but I'm doing it on my terms now. And so, you know, the community that I have feels much more me, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not compromising my values for the greater, you know, good of everyone else. I'm, I'm doing what really feels good for me and what resonates with me. So that's a little bit about where I came from. Thank you for sharing that and, and um, for acknowledging the, <clears throat> there's some core struggles that many, you know, busy all the things women can get sort of sucked into and we don't even realize how much it is, I don't want to say consuming, but is part of our lives and it just is, right? The, when, you, when you said, what do you need? What do you, I'm like, oh, like that's a daily thing. Even if it's not out loud, I look at the people in my world and go, okay, they need this and they need this and they need this. I'm going to do this. And you know what? To prevent that from happening, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And, and then it's like, okay, I'm going to go get that tea that's been warmed up six times, right? So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, 
And Christine, if you're listening, it still tastes good. Okay, so Christine, <laughs> Christine's my tea dealer. Um, and there's a lot of um, shifting that needs to occur to get from that very almost unconscious behavior space of like, take care of, take care of, take care of, manage, 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 do, do, do. And especially having a business where growth and, and potential of other people was part of your, the success plan. Mm -hmm. um, it, it then just continues along that, well, how is everyone doing? Is everyone progressing? Does everyone have what they need? Right? It just, that's part of the business plan, not just, you know, your everyday life experience. Um, so I'm, I'm interested in, um, in what you felt was the most challenging in that transition. Recog and I recognize that, you know, a lot of the stuff with COVID, it was just like, you need to pivot, you need to sort this out. Yeah. Um, so there's obviously there's that, but what would you say was, was some of the biggest challenges for you um, to, to make yourself a priority? Yeah, um, that was a huge thing. I mean, we, we went from, I had a staff of, you know, 10 people to there, you know, we literally cannot open. The government is telling us, no, you can't open to saying you guys are all laid off. And, you know, we all have to like figure our own stuff out. And um, there were some angry people, you know, and, and I think that that was hard for me. There were, there were some people that really, they got it. They understood that it was beyond our control. Um, and, you know, there was some angry people that they, they had their opinions about what, what we sh they think we should do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, you know I, it would shift me because I would literally feel it in my body. I would feel it in my chest, almost like, you know, um, this, this pressure that was sitting on my chest because someone else thought, oh, I should do this. And then there was that part, well, should I do it? Should I? So the, the hardest piece for me was actually reining myself in each time and saying, no, stay true to what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And there was this, you know, sort of pull back and forth for a little while where I just kept getting sucked into somebody else wants me to try this or do this or do that. And, you know, I kept having this tennis match going on in my head, like, okay, you know, that feels not good in your body. You know that. So come back, regroup. And then you, and then I would have to say to people, I, you know, I apologize, but this is it. This is where I'm at. This is my decision. I feel this is the best choice for us, for me, more importantly. And I think that that was the hardest thing was just like this constant need to, at first, you know, entertain other people's uh, ideas of what they thought I should do. And, you know, that, that inner voice that tells you, you know, you've got to start listening here, you know, really you start listening to your inner wisdom. And uh, a story that kept coming back to me was a story that I heard when I was really early in my training. So I would say late teens, early twenties. And, uh, you know, our sensei told us this story about the, um, the universe having a conversation with Buddha. You can use whatever higher power you want in this story. And the universe is having a conversation with Buddha and uh, he, the universe says, Buddha, where do you think we should hide the secret to life? You know, and they say, well, let's hide it in the deepest forest or the bottom of the ocean or the highest mountain. 
And then finally they realize, no, 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 no. Here's what we need to do. We need to hide it inside of them because they'll never look there. And we're always looking outside of ourselves for the answer when really the answer is right inside us. And that's what I had to come to terms with. Like you can say that to people, but you need to start practicing what you preach. And that's what had to happen. That is a really big deal. And I, I remember you and I had a, a chat a, a while back and you had mentioned about the, you know, feeling it in something in your chest. And, and I was reminded in my mind that so many of us, so many women, especially have no idea what that means. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the universe and Buddha had it all figured out. And, and it, it, in a sense, you know, we're so conditioned to, externalize and seek out answers outside of us that we it's just not commonplace for us to be tuning in it then it becomes something that we need to relearn something that we we know as young beings and then it's taught out of us and then we we re-engage with that learning and um and even for someone like yourself who has that that knowledge right I, i can tell other people to do it all the time but you have to be willing to practice because it is, it's a, it's a knowing, right? It's a, it's a, it's a feeling. It isn't um, something you can just academically be the genius about. Right. So true. And so I'm, how, so how did that play out for you? Because again, you, you have the, you know, the logic mind knowledge as mm-hmm. someone who w- with all of your experience in with martial arts and, and the connection to your body what was it like to sort of circumvent those social norms of thou shalt please all of the people um with that that knowing what was that process like for you well i made a decision to uh um i had attended your 100 women on fire and, yeah, and it, it it was it was life altering for me because it just it made me very aware of uh, the fact that you know women in general go through what what I went through and I wasn't alone and the feeling that I wasn't alone was huge for me and hearing how other people handled those uh, types of things that came up I decided to put everything on pause and do the the um, artist way. So I did the artist way book and that I committed to myself to doing the morning pages every day was the best freaking thing that I ever did for me. And I did that book. And uh, I remember in part of the book, it says, you know, uh, when you're, you're doing your tasks, do the ones that you're resistant to mm-hmm. and do the ones that you really like. And then the other ones, you know, hit or miss. And so I was kind of noticing the ones that I was resistant to and I would work through them and work through that toughness of, you know, looking at yourself. You're basically looking at yourself in the mirror and going, okay, here's this flaw, that flaw, that flaw. And then going, you know what? I love you anyway. I love you. And, and I was just learning to love myself again. And uh, I know that sounds simplistic, but it's such a huge transformative thing when we stop loving what everybody else thinks about us and love ourselves first. And I had to really go back to that basic concept of, of loving myself first. And then through that, all of a sudden I was able to develop boundaries a little more naturally. Mm -hmm. I was able to say, no, I'm not doing that. 
I'm going to do this. And then, you know, people would expect me to behave a certain way. And I think we talked about this in one of our sessions where when the old me didn't show up to that meeting and the new me, they were like, oh, wait a second. I don't like <laughs> you, you know, wait a second. Um, and so it's like, it's, it's an ongoing thing, you know, and, and I think that the universe is just challenge us us if we if we ask for patience it's not going to give us patience it's going to give us the opportunity to practice patience right <laughs> that is the life lesson so not just be careful what you ask for but be open to receiving it in the way in which it's given um and then going oh right so this is what i'm supposed to be doing that's brilliant okay can we, i just need to pause and say like huge shout out to julia cameron who is the author of the artist way the artist way um and her teachings uh, has played a huge role in 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 my life as well. Journaling is a non-negotiable for me, um, and I'm a huge huge advocate of the the three elements of the artist way, which are the um, so the morning pages, which is the journaling, um, the artist dates, which is the weekly just go out by yourself and do something that you want to do and learn about or get fascinates you because um, you know it's through following your fascinations that you really can start to learn more about who you are at, at, on the inside and then the walks, right? So, you know, just that movement yeah. and that movement of self and that movement of energy and that, um, that shifting of, of, of oxygen, even just to be circling through that. And um, I'm, I'm not an expert when it comes to, to energy flow and chakras and everything like that, but I know it all plays part. So, yeah. Yeah. So rah, rah, Julia Cameron. <laughs> yeah. um, so how is that? So you, you tapped into the artist's way and, and practiced the, the elements and, and found um, some shifts there. And I love that how you said um, it made boundary setting um, more easy or just sort of was a little bit more fluid and it just happened. Yeah. Um, did everybody hear that? Okay, can we just say that for the people in the back, that yeah. when you choose to go in and look in that, you know, literal or figurative mirror and love the parts of you that are yours and you do the journaling, just do the journaling, um, boundary setting becomes easier. Yes, mm -hmm. please. Yes. <laughs> That's that's Absolutely. I was just going to say, it was hard at first too, when you talk about the dates, the artist dates, like you know, you would think that that would be easy peasy and exciting. And it was, but I just, at first I was like, wow, this is really challenging to, you know, set that time to go do something for me. Mm -hmm. I actually had to Google <laughs> ideas because, well, we're in a pandemic, right? So right. there's, you know, a little bit more limitation on what we can do, but I had to like Google ideas of, of fun things to do. <laughs> with myself you know yes. now don't don't think you know any less of me for that but I, I I found that I needed some inspiration and uh and there was plenty out there because you know uh, there are obviously other people who further along the way uh mm -hmm. on their path and, and have shared some of their journey so so that was really helpful <laughs> I think it, I think that's very telling and it's um I would say very common uh, especially starting out on you know building a practice of paying attention to stuff that you like. Right? Mm -hmm. It's interesting. One of the first questions I ask all my clients is, you know, what do you want? And yeah. the answer all the time, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what I want. And you know, okay, what would make you happy? 
that doesn't involve any other human. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Um, yeah. So it, it, you know, until we show up to it and are willing to practice it, it, it's not, it's not a habit we have to be like, I know exactly how I will spend an hour a week. That's just for me about me. And when I'm done, I'll feel all lit up. Mm -hmm. um, so you're not alone there by the by. Um, <laughs> what, what did you end up doing? May I ask what, what are some of the things in a pandemic that you found you were able to do on your artist dates? Yeah. So I got, uh, into painting. Um, I was, uh, and I, I'm not like painting paintings, like painting my house. Oh, um, cool. and I made this space a little bit more feng shui friendly, although we can't tell right now, but um, I made, uh, you know, an opportunity to reinvent my space uh, in my loft. And um, uh, I visited uh, movies that I hadn't seen in a long time that brought me joy, like um, Wizard of Oz. Um, when I was able to see my daughter, we had girly dates where we do wine and cheese. And we'd, you know, we'd give each other tasks. Okay, you have to find three bottles of wine under $10. And, you know, we're going to buy the cheese and the crackers and, you know, just have like the little girly dates and, um, and things like that. And lots of walks. Um, I got, uh, you know, interested in the trails in my neighborhood and just like seeking them out. And, um, and then walks are just such a great way to clear my head. And I had a big birthday this year. So in August, I turned 50. Um, so I guess last year, really. Um, and when you, when you hit a milestone birthday, it makes you pause and reflect. And uh, I decided I was going to write a book on movement. And uh, so that's been my little project. And um, when I say movement, I mean, you know, not just moving your body physically, but mentally and spiritually. Because I think all of those things are tied together. And I'm sure you see this in your practice, um, as, as I do with people that I work with, you know, sometimes they can be really strong in one area, you know, they're really physical, they do a lot of physical stuff, for example, but they don't really spend any time on their mental blocks, or they don't do anything that, you know, resonates with their spirit, like going on those dates or meditating or whatever. And so I just, I came up one day through the, you know, being create, feeling creative after uh, morning pages. And I wrote out, you know, the layout of the book and, and then I just started writing. So, I mean, it, it, it's so nice to get in touch with your creative side, you know, um, when it was kind of like deep down, like buried and I had to like peel off all the layers to get to it, yes. you know? <laughs> That is, yeah. that's amazing. And I, I want to talk more about the book in a second, but I do want to highlight that, that you, how you touched on tapping into your creative center and, you know, having to peel away the layers. And I, I think that's telling in that your creative center has been a part of you since birth, pre-birth, if you want to go there, um, that it is an innate sort of birthright to be creative and from our creative energy comes sort of that life force, that joy factor, all of those pieces um, as we're exercising our beings mm -hmm. by creating. And creating is, 
is, is anything, you know, someone had, um, I was talking to recently said, yeah, I wrote some stuff out, but it was very professional. I'm like, yeah, but did it exist before you put it on the paper? Cause if <laughs> it didn't, then you created it. And that still taps into that creative center, that sense of self. So that's a really powerful thing. And you know, in my practice as, um, as someone who art was a big part of my transformative process, I now, you know, really encourage everybody to tap into anything that gets that it's okay to be messy. It's okay to make mistakes. All of that stuff mm -hmm. sort of, you get that through you. Um, the walking is very helpful. Uh, something like the artist way that has a little bit of structure. So you feel like you kind of are on a path that's really powerful. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I love that the book presented itself to you and, and now you have this opportunity to release it out into the world. Um, so for someone like myself, so I consider myself, you know, mentally and pretty, pretty good. Like I feel on point and know some stuff. Um, and, you know, my spiritual sense is, is uh, improving. Um, I'm feeling much more connected. Um, but my body is, I always put it, I say it, it, it's part of me, but I always put that part of me sort of last. And it wasn't, it was the thing that I, I'll do later. I'll yeah. fix it later. I will deal with it later. I will write in. Um, it wasn't until very recently that I started to incorporate um, that third element of myself into more of an everyday experience and it's still for me it I look at if I were to you know create a little you know a hierarchy of how I address things it's like pff, I can do all the things with my brain that I could ever do and I could be happy just to stay there in my own little world um, and and the, the movement the physical movement tends to be a little lower on the list and I recognize that and the impact of that that when I align all three facets mm -hmm. and I move through them right so it's not that one is better or less yeah. than it um that's some that's some hardcore flow right there um and I'm I'm eager to read your book and <laughs> and to embody it because you know that's what I gotta do uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so tell us a little bit more about how you evolved through these practices um, because it sounds to me that there was a lot of personal learning and a lot of personal growth there and um, how have you now taken this work and applied it to sort of how you're operating in your world like how is it showing up now well it's great because it shows up for me pretty daily um, and I work with I work with people I'm fortunate that I, I'm working in a clinic right now so I help people with rehab rehabbing their body and and what I find with a lot of people is that there's always an emotional connection to the pain that they're feeling in their body and that is so um, interesting to me. And even with my own body, when I've, when I was dealing with a lot of the stress that I was going through with the business closing and that sort of thing, my hip was aching. Like I had this ongoing sort of pain in my hip. It was, you know, it was injured. I, I'll say, I would have said it was injured from my dog pulling me when he saw a squirrel and I wasn't ready, you know, <laughs> but you know, it, it should take about six weeks for you to heal from an injury like that. You know, if you're, you're doing what you need to do and that sort of thing, but the hip just kept showing up. And when I looked at what emotions are connected to that part of the body, it's, it's grief. It's um, you know, there's emotional grief that, that was connected to that. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I don't know if I'm saying things that people are going to go, woo, you know, but 
you know, I, I, this I, audience, I, you're fine. Yeah. There's all kinds of woo-woo people here. You're good. <laughs> I think there's this, there's this, there's connections in the body and the mind and the spirit. And, and they, they send us messages in various ways, you know, and, you know, a little ache or pain in the body, it's telling you something. And, and it, it could be just because you aren't moving, but it could also be something else. And so this is how I, I'm seeing things now. And, and it's bringing me to like a different level of understanding movement and that it's not just about looking good and being fit. It's really about moving through and working through whatever emotion or um, challenges mentally that we have, they're going to show up in our body. And, and for me, that's kind of what I'm seeing when I work with people. And, but also more importantly, noticing it myself, right? And uh, noticing, you know, things that come up in, in my own body and not just blaming it on getting older, you know, like, <laughs> okay, yes, I am getting, well, I'm not 20 anymore, but I still believe that, you know, that, that little ache or pain, it's like saying, hello, pay attention to me. You need to do something here. Um, and so, you know, being in a, uh, I guess a profession, if you want to call it that, what I do, um, in martial arts and that sort of thing, it teaches us for, first and foremost about the self, self-awareness, self-discipline, you know, all of those things. Um, and then when we understand ourselves, then we can understand other people. And so that's kind of the, where I'm coming from in my, you know, my current journey. I'm looking at myself first and then from learning about where I'm at, I can then learn how to work with and help other people, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And I think that, um, you know, some of the best teachers, that's the modality that they choose, right? It's the, um, the, the self-awareness and the um, observing your growth and, and learning how that happens so that when you share it out into the world, number one, you can help people identify it um, much more easily because not only do you see it, but you can feel it and you can perceive it in your mind. Um, but it, it allows that the, the learner to embrace that with a little bit more confidence, knowing that you're coming from that space of experience. So I think that is mm -hmm. absolutely brilliant. Um, and I wanted to say, because someone had taught this to me that pain is actually pay attention in the now. So um, whenever I hear someone who's talking about pain in relation to emotional uh, components, I'm like, yep, pay attention in the now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, at first it whispers, but then it starts shouting, right? <laughs> And it's, and, you know, for me personally, I've, I recently been experiencing that it was something that I wasn't really paying attention to. And, um, and, and I too, you know, recognize the connections between what I'm feeling in my body and what I'm feeling in my, in my heart. Um, and maybe what I'm not paying attention to with my mind. Um, so it's, it's, it's such an important conversation to have. And um, even for the, those I say of us because in my, you know, before times life, I would have been like, yeah, that's a bunch of hooey. Um, I just didn't see those connection pieces. And, and now I, I look and go, you know, this is the, these are the kind of conversations I want to have with my children, right? So that they can begin to make these, these connections at an early age um, and, and enhance their opportunity to stay fully embodied, right? To stay in their body as yeah. young people. Um, you know, I spent most of my young years, uh, you know, I would say all of them, um, completely disassociated, 
and it was a it was a thing it was a tool it served its purpose it it caused me a lot of grief every month it was this thing um because the conversations weren't being had and i think what your experience and your education and your knowledge and wisdom when that you know as that comes together and and what you then are going to produce out to the world is going to be so valuable i mean it, it already is valuable everything that you're doing um and and as you're pulling it all together um it's very powerful and 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 powerful for not just you know women or not just you know people in business like the the every human you know we walk around right it's, it's ideal that we can make those connections um yeah. to ourselves in the process mm, yeah so good <laughs> <laughs> and you know like you're no, noticing with your children you know when you have children um you you see them grow and develop and i think that makes us sort of grow with them and that sort of thing and and realizing that you know when i was a kid too what low self-confidence i had and if i can you know empower our the younger generation um you know youth tweens teens and, and starting as as young as you know five or six when when we had that gumption and we don't want to lose it right um you don't want kids to lose it i think it, it's so important for children to you know not be um doubting themselves and to feel that they can have that voice and speak up for themselves and and that's such a huge thing and i think that's why you know uh, this is a whole other conversation but you know that's why bullying happens because you know we have we have children who who do uh they say things and then we have the other children who don't speak up and and so we have to ha find that balance you know where yes you can say things but you know watching the way you say it is still important you know and, and still caring about people is important for for all of us um but yeah I, I mean i watched my kids grow up and i was like man you guys are so lucky to have this martial arts training at such a young age you know like <laughs> the blessing it, and i think um again coming back to that you are relaying this knowledge through you um is in order to make these long-term sustainable shifts um, for the next generation or to ensure that they get what we want them to have, we need to do it first, right? And, and I'm, I'm a huge advocate of, you know, be the kid, be the person you want your kid to be, right? And, and when you do that, not only are you modeling, which is great because that's how kids usually take in most of their information is by watching other people do it. Mm -hmm. um, but energetically, you are shifting the vibration of that whole experience. So no longer is it coming at them just from a do as I say, not as I do, or maybe even not at, even at, at that level. Um, it, it's sort of like a wraparound holistic experience that it just is, just mm -hmm. is that I speak up, it just yeah. is that I self-advocate. It just, it's not, it's not even something that I question because it just is, because yeah. this is what we do, right? Super powerful. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for everything that you have um, rolling out over the next little while. Um, and, and as the book unfolds, I look forward to hearing more about that. Um, I'm very excited, uh, because very soon you will be sharing your wisdom, uh, with the awesomeness Academy crew. Uh, so for those of the, those of us who are in the community, we will get to, 
experience this concept, this idea of um, that empowerment state and through self-defense. And I know that when I took that, it was a very like, hey, check this out, self-defense class. I'm like, okay, I don't, I'm, I, again, not the body person, right? So I was like, <laughs> I don't know if I can do that. You did really awesome, by the way. <laughs> well, thank you. And I, I felt, and I don't often have that experience of feeling sort of first. I usually do the whole brain thing first. And I just felt, again, so safe and so like, yeah, I can do that. And, um, you know, because again, your instruction coming sort of through you, not just, I know this, I'm going to tell you, it was, um, it was very insightful and I, I appreciated it so much, which is why I'm just a little extra excited that you will be coming to share that with us uh, in the community. So if you're not already a member of the Awesomeness Academy, hop on that and make that happen. Um, and so that you can jump in on this cool shit masterclass that Michelle is going to be hosting for us. Super oh. excited. Um, other than that, what else is sort of unfolding in your world? What is it that, how can people connect and is there a, a way to that people can work with you right now? Because I know that you, again, multiple modalities. So mm -hmm. how is that showing up for you? Yeah, so um, I'm just starting a spring session of classes. Um, and right now uh, the classes are mobility. Um, I'm doing some toning classes. They're Pilates-based and yoga-based classes. Uh, but on the spiritual side, um, I'm also doing um, some Tai Chi. I am going to be hosting a free special class for anyone who wants to um, learn a little bit about martial arts and body awareness. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about um, posturing, posture, um, how to read body language, and some simple uh, techniques that people can can try. You know, when they feel unsafe, or you know, listening to that inner wisdom and that sort of thing. I am so grateful um, for your time and for your energy and. Um, I'm, I'm grateful to be witness to part of your transformation and how that's unfolding for you. It really is very inspiring. And so for those of us who don't have a habit yet of, of knowing, and I'm holding my chest here of, of tuning in to that feeling, that voice, um, then I highly recommend that you connect with Michelle as you know, when I remember we were talking about it and I'd said, you know, not everybody does that. And you're like, oh yeah, because you just, <laughs> yeah. for, I've just been doing it for so long. And, um, and so to, to learn from someone who, who has that awareness now, um, of how well that it, it's become part of your everyday, um, mm -hmm. beyond the, um, the work component. Anyway, just so grateful. If there was, one thing that you wanted um, everyone to walk away with today, what would that be? I think the one thing that um, really stands out in my mind is, you know, listening to our own inner voice more and, you know, taking the time to quiet your mind and go inside and, and, and you know, ask yourself, you know, Dion, Michelle, whatever, Christine, whatever your name is, you know, I love you. Tell me what you need, you know, and, and, you know, that was such a hard thing for me to really understand. And now that I understand it, I, I think it's gold. I think it's, it's priceless really, because, you know, no one can take care of us better than ourselves. And, and if people can learn from, you know, us talking about it today, that, you know, they are the most important 
person in their lives because without without me doing the best that I can I can't give to other people in my life Absolutely. and so the same goes for them right and so I think that that would be my one big takeaway that I hope people have from this podcast awesome Thank you, Michelle. Thank you very much. And thank you everybody for listening. And we'll see everyone soon in the Awesomeness Academy so that we can check out uh, Michelle's masterclass. Awesome. Thanks for having me. You too. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the show. Join Dion again next week to learn more about what you can do to go from hot mess to awesomeness.